Hi there. Are you familiar with kombucha? Maybe you've picked some up from the store or shared some with friends and family at some point. Well, today we are going to talk about the benefits of kombucha, but we're also going to learn how to make it. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. This is episode number 37 of the All Around Growth Podcast. My name is Rob Kaiser, and I am your host. Today is November 9th, 2020, and we are going to talk about kombucha all around. All right, we are going to get into the benefits of fermented foods, including but not limited to kombucha. We're going to talk about my experiences with fermented foods, including but not limited to kombucha. We will talk about kombucha itself, and then we will talk about how to make kombucha at home. So we've got a lot of information to cover here today on this morning's commute. Hopefully this episode is valuable to you. You can learn some things that you didn't already know, and if you already know how to do these things, then that's great. But I would encourage you to share the episode with someone who does not, or someone who you might think might value from this as much or more than you might be able to this morning. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Now, kombucha is a fermented lightly effervescent sweetened black or green tea drink that is commonly consumed for its health benefits or its supposed health benefits if you will sometimes the beverage is called kombucha tea to distinguish it from the culture of bacteria and yeast all right now juice spices fruit or other flavorings are often added to enhance the, the taste of the beverage. All right, looks like uh, I'm pausing because our tenant farmer, well, looks like he got some work done up here at any rate. Now, that's great. We understand what kombucha is, but what are the benefits of kombucha? Or what are the benefits of any fermented food, for that matter? Now, I've linked to an article that posts some bullet points that have articulated the benefits of fermented food much in much more detail and in much uh, just in a much better way than I'm able to. And the article that I linked to was called what's so good about fermented foods and that's an article from the weston a price association and it's an article with sally fallon morell and some of the bullet points that she discussed in there i'm not going to touch on in depth but i'm going to outline what you can read there so just check out the show notes for additional details, but she writes about how lacto-fermented foods are nearly universal in traditional diets. 
she also talks about the two types of fermentation and how fermentation may have come about. She writes about the wisdom of traditional cultures and the scientific reasons behind fermentation. She also talks about what specific fermented foods are enjoyed in various parts of the world and how 70% of our body's energy is spent on digestion and how fermented food pre-digests our food in a sense. So 70%, all right? Now, she also talks about how to tell the difference between fermented foods and those prepared in vinegar and also how fermented foods can boost the levels of vitamin C, minerals, and B vitamins in your system. She talks about how these foods can inoculate the gut effectively with good bacteria that's needed to resist disease and how to eat the right balance of fermented foods, how fermented foods can replace enzymes while cooking that are lost and help with the digestion of fats. And she also discusses whether you should eat more fermented foods or simply take probiotic pills. Okay. Um, I... My, my own experience with fermented foods is, it's, it's not long, but I've been fooling around with fermented foods for about one quarter of my life. At this point in time, on this November 9th, 2020, I am 43 years old, and in my late 20s, I suppose, eh, longer than a quarter of my life. I don't know anymore, but in my late 20s, when I was living in North Carolina, I met a girl, now woman, we're all getting older. Her name was Bradley. And Bradley, I got it on my calendar. It's, I still have notifications and it's your birthday today. So Bradley, if you ever hear this, Happy birthday. Um, I think that you would be pleased knowing that our experiences together in North Carolina all those years ago have stuck with me to this day. I still have the Nourishing Traditions cookbook that you either gave me or introduced me to. I know I have given it along to other people as well, and I'm not sure if I gave them the copy you gave me or what, but I still have that book. It's on my shelf. I reference it with not as much regularity as I'd like, but I'm trying to change that along with more uh, increases uh, to the change or increased frequency with the change to my diet. She introduced me to a lot of fermented foods, the Weston A. Price movement, that book, the slow food movement, and all things, all good things food-related that I stumbled across in North Carolina. So thank you, Bradley. Happy birthday. And um, I hope you are well after all these years. At any rate. Um, over time, I got out of things, and I've kind of touched on my own health 
history to date, but I got away from fermented foods. My health declined. And several years ago, I was actually hospitalized for a few days and put on opiates, morphine specifically, because I had such a problem with gastrointestinal distress. I experienced what was diagnosed as colitis. Um, and put on morphine because of the pain and also with the hopes that it would bind me up. I learned that opiates are uh, a side effect of opiate use is often constipation. So that was part of the reason why they put me on it because I was blowing up. My guts were a mess. They're still not right and uh, we'll refrain from all of that today and we will focus on kombucha and I guess we should get into that. That's a brief history of my experience with ferments. That's why I'm still interested in it to this day. And um, back in the day, I never made kombucha, but I made something called rejuvelac, which was very tasty. It was made from wheat berries. And years ago, my dad had begun experimenting with sauerkraut. Um, Mom experienced some of her own gastrointestinal issues and she began making kombucha. I, after experiencing all of mine, began making kombucha as well with my mom's recipe. So this is how you can make small-scale kombucha in your own kitchen because if you get to purchasing kombucha, it is and can be relatively expensive all right so rather than pay the steep fees that are associated associated with the purchase of kombucha in the store we are going to talk about how to steep teas and make kombucha right at home in your own kitchen so what you're going to need for this and the recipe and everything that I've talked about in large part will be available in the show notes and that's where the recipe is. So you don't need much, but you need one gallon of distilled water. I run my water through a Berkey water filter. It works just fine, but you're gonna wanna use one gallon of distilled water less two cups okay so you need a gallon but you need two cups less than that and I'll explain why in a second now you're gonna need three bags of organic black tea okay and this is just the way that we're gonna talk about it today you just need tea bags we're not gonna weigh out tea we're not gonna do anything complicated we're just gonna keep it easy and um, so you've got three plain old black tea bags, not Earl Grey, not anything else, just regular old black tea. Then two bags of organic green tea. And then two two tablespoons of yerba mate, or if you've got yerba mate in bags, do two of those. So you got three black, two green, and two yerba mate. 
and then one cup of organic sugar. So here's what we do. All right, you keep two cups of the starter tea from the previous batch of kombucha or just use like a bottle of kombucha. You can use that to start with as well. So you've got your big vessel for fermenting. Wipe that out with vinegar. I use apple cider vinegar. Now you're gonna heat the water until it's hot. Turn it off and let the tea steep for about 10 to 15 minutes. You're just making tea. It's not that complicated. Um, don't put your tea in boiling water. Let it heat up. Let it cool off a little bit, then put your tea bags in there. I steep my black tea longer than I steep my green tea. I let the water cool down a little bit more before throwing the green tea in there. Now, pour this tea that you've made into a you know clean glass jar, a secondary vessel, and let it cool down to room temperature. By this point, while the tea is cooling, you wanna mix your sugar in there at some point, okay? It's easier, I like to mix it in when it's warm. I ensure that the sugar is mixed completely. And uh, since we've got a walk-in cooler here, I oftentimes put the tea just in a larger uh, stock pot, stick it out there, or just outside on a concrete slab, somewhere where it can cool down a little bit faster. And then what I do is the vessel that I make the kombucha in, I pour the sweetened tea in there, okay? And basically once I've poured my tea in there, if I've already got a SCOBY with my hands washed in vinegar, I'll put the SCOBY in there as well. And then since we are doing the, the gallon of water with two cups less, you want to backfill. You've got your sweetened tea, place the SCOBY in there with your vinegar washed hands dump your starter tea in there, and that starter tea can be a bottle of kombucha if you've got nothing else that's from the store, or the SCOBY from your last batch, and a little bit of starter tea, and the starter tea is going to be two cups of that starter tea for each gallon of kombucha that you make. So. All in all, you've got a gallon vessel making one gallon of kombucha at a time, but you've got one gallon of water to make the tea less two cups that's gonna be backfilled with two cups of starter tea at the end of the batch to begin the fermentation process, okay? And generally with vessels that are one gallon in size, you have uh, the top of the vessel that basically is small enough or big enough in this case to be covered by a paper towel and 
Once you've got that thing covered with a paper towel, just put a rubber band around it and that's it. You're going to want to let it sit on your countertop or, you know, someplace that's not too cool, not too hot, um, and just let it sit there for seven to ten days, depending on the conditions, depending on a number of variables, it's going to ferment to your liking after that amount of time, and that is about it. Um, I let mine go a little bit longer because I brew in two gallon containers at this time, and kombucha is on my mind now because I may found myself in a position where I've got to scale up because apparently the market manager is looking. Oh, that's my mud flap here. Sorry about that. But the um, market manager is looking for a kombucha vendor and I opened my fat yapper and told her that well, I make kombucha and since we're already doing other fermented provisions or at least dad is um, I don't know I may have gotten myself into something that uh, we'll see how we'll see what the future has in store with Uncle Rob's booch all right, everybody, that's it for today. Uh, if you like what you've heard, check out the show notes. There's a link down there where you can follow that link to rate and review the podcast. That is going to be one of the most helpful things that we can do at this point to help support and spread the word about the show. A five-star rating is great. If you actually want to leave a written review, that is even better. Again, follow the link in the show notes. And if you've got a question for me, you can send your questions to allaroundgrowth at gmail.com. I will happily answer them for you in a podcast in the future. And also check us out in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash allaroundgrowth in addition to our Telegram group, which is t.me slash allaroundgrowth. All right, that's it for kombucha, everybody. Hopefully you were able to experience or hear about some of the benefits of fermented food, my own experience with fermented food and kombucha, and hopefully this gave you enough information to make the kombucha at home the recipe and the actual mom's listing of directions the photo of her original recipe it's all available in the show notes check it out thank you for tuning in today i appreciate your time and i look forward to catching you on the next podcast have a great day everyone bye-bye